one of my ups was my time at Solar City because I was I was a highly I mean I was I was one of the highest ranking sales reps. And then when Solar City kind of went down, I went down with it, and I was like, I don't know what to do next, right? So things happened, and and I got to a really bad place. Um, my house went into foreclosure. I had two cars repossessed. Uh, I ended up declaring bankruptcy. I mean, it was it was a tough spot. So as a hell Mary pass. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, here with the lead king, Russ Ward. I've actually been really looking forward to this because Russ has been very active in a lot of Facebook communities. It's like, well, let's get this guy on the phone or on, online and chat with him a bit. Now, Russ, I'm, sh I'm sure if you're in solar or real estate or, or any kind of funnel community, people have seen your name at least pop up. For, but for those that don't know who you are, give us a little background intro. So, uh, yeah, and, and thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, um, Russ Ward, I go by the lead king, you see right here on my hat. Um, I started out mostly in, uh, when I got into lead generation, I, got, I started out mostly with um, real estate. But it goes back to solar is how I got into lead generation to begin with. I, I worked for Solar City, and back then they paid us $15 a panel, if you got it, $15 a panel, if they gave you a lead from uh, Home Depot. So I wanted $45 a panel. So I started just running a little bit of ads on, on Facebook, on Craigslist. And I wouldn't even call it ads when I did. Um, I was just putting a, an ad up on, say, the Facebook marketplace or on Craigslist. Hey, and then I was breaking all the rules, right? So we were selling PPAs and I was saying, who wants a free solar system? I wasn't supposed to say that. I said that. Um, and I was getting tons and tons of messages and I was closing tons of deals. And I was getting the $45 price point. So that was my introduction to lead generation. And, you know, as we'll probably discuss, you know, I ended up leaving Solar City, got into real estate, and then um, just kind of kind of went from there. You know, it just kind of went from real estate into other things. Okay. Well, and I just, this, this came across my mind the other day because I was doing a training. And so I was like, you know, what if I ask an interview person, like one of my interviewees, this question, like, I, did you grow up thinking, I'm going to get in sales or marketing? Like, what, like, was that something you desired to, you were born to be, or something you fell into? Well, it, you know, it goes back to, to when I was like 18 years old. So I, I grew up kind of poor. Um, I was, you know, my family was on food stamps, on welfare, all that stuff. So I always had it in my head. I don't want to live like this. I just didn't know what I was going to do. I did earn an academic scholarship to a little college in Pittsburgh called Robert Morris College. Um, I went to college and the deal was I had to keep a 3.0 to keep my scholarship and I ended up with a 2.9. So I lost my scholarship. I could have went back to summer school and got that up and kept my scholarship. But what I did instead was I, I went into a business called AAA Student Painters where they hired college students to, to run painting franchises. So at the age of 18 years old, I was closing deals. I was running marketing campaigns. Not, not like I do now. I'm like they were door to door guys. Um, and, and so I had it in my head that this is probably what I'm going to do with my life. At some point I'm going to run a business. I'm going to do marketing because I love the marketing aspect of it. Um, I would come up with creative door hangers and flyers. You know, we didn't have, well, we might've, but I didn't know about it. Facebook ads back then, right? This was probably 1996. So I'm kind of dating myself. Free, free, free Facebook, right? It was pre, pre Facebook ads. Yeah. So 
I never really thought I'd grow up to be a digital marketer, but I did think that I would be marketing some kind of business that I owned in the future. Okay, cool. And I, I like that. Like I, I, what I've noticed is a pattern with a lot of entrepreneurs or business people, whatever you want to call them, is that they hit a wall in their life. And instead of like letting that wall stop them, they, what, whether you call it luck or grace or whatever, they find another way to get past it. And what the cool thing is, is that not only helps them get past or like make ends meet, it like becomes a launching platform. And so I guess, would you, what would you say your real launching platform came like, and there might be multiple ones. One could have been that paint thing. You're like, Oh, this, this makes sense. Or, or maybe it's the lead thing, or maybe it's solar sales, or maybe it's real estate. Like what, what was a point in your life? You're like, this made a huge difference. Well, I went through a couple of rocky times in life. So I've been divorced twice and I'm back together with my second ex, my second ex-wife. It's a long story. But um, anyway, I went through some rocky times, all self-imposed, all bad decisions. Um, one of my ups was my time at Solar City because I was, I was a highly, I mean, I was, I was one of the highest ranking sales reps. And then when Solar City kind of went down, I went down with it and I was like, I don't know what to do next. Right. So things happened and, and I got to a really bad place. Um, my house went into foreclosure. I had two cars repossessed. Uh, I ended up declaring bankruptcy. I mean, it was, it was a tough spot. So as a Hail Mary pass, I literally got a course on real estate lead generation. Um, I thought, you know what, maybe I, cause I got a, I got a real estate license along the way too. And it's just another story how I got that. But I thought maybe I could generate leads for my real estate business. But what I realized was that people wanted leads really bad. So I ended up generating leads for real estate business, sharing it with a few people who were like, Oh my God, I need leads. And then I was like, wow, this is it. So learning to generate real estate leads is what pulled me out of that ditch. I mean, yeah, it still ended badly, but I, I got out of the whole entire mess that I had brought upon myself. I, I declared bankruptcy, but all my debt's gone. Um, you know, I have credit again. My credit's good again. Um, I had a $119,000 tax lien on me at the time because of, again, stupid mistakes in the past, but, um, I made a deal with the IRS. I paid that off. So literally lead generation took me from, I have no outs, man. You know how like in poker, they're like, you have outs. I had none. I had no reason to believe I'd ever come back. And literally it just went from the first person like, wow, that's awesome. And they told a few and told a few, and here I am today, the lead king. And I, I can't ever see myself doing anything else because I've learned so much and I have such a following now and I've helped so many people make so much money and took them from like really, really bad situations they were in. Like I've mentored people now that were in my same spot and I just, I love what I do now because it's not just like business anymore. It's like, yeah, I'm really good at what I do, but I can make a massive difference in your life. Like if you're somebody who's struggling, I can just show you how to not struggle anymore. And that's just an awesome superpower to have, you know? Yeah, I love how you said it so flippantly. You're like, why would you struggle? There's a way not to struggle anymore and just follow this way. So like, exactly. But you know, when, when you're in that place, you don't understand that you're just, you're down, you're depressed. You, you don't see a way out, you know? And I love bringing, I love seeing people's eyes just light up. Like, are you serious? It doesn't have to be that way. You know? Yeah. What give me, do you have a specific story of someone you helped that was like, <laughs> they're struggling. They have, but they have these goals and dreams. They're like, Hey, come, come do this thing, check it out and watch the magic happen. Yeah. So I had, um, this is a really good story. This is, I had this, this, I call him a kid cause I'm 42. He's, he was 18 when he came to me. That's a kid. He said, Hey, <laughs> I, I really want to get into digital marketing. I called a few other marketers. They all blew me off and um, nobody will talk to me. Right. And I said, well, what are your questions? Cause a lot of times people call me, they just want free stuff. Right. And 
I don't mind helping for free if you're going to help yourself, but if you just want me to do it all for you, I kind of get annoyed by that. Well, he, he was asking good questions. He was very humble. And, and literally, he was living at home, had dropped out of college. His dad told him it never amount to anything. And um, I literally, over the, I said, if you promise to do exactly what I tell you, I mean, seriously, do not deviate from what I tell you, I will help you. And he did. He did exactly what I told him. In one month, he brought in $25,000. So 18-year-old kid, he's 19 now, right? Living with his parents, he calls me one day. He's like, hey, Russ, I got 50 grand in the bank now. Um, this is more than my dad has ever made in a year. What do I do? I was like, well, the first thing is, is don't tell your parents you got 50 grand because they're going to freak out. They're going to think you're drunk, right? And um, literally, he's, he's now 19 years old, and he, he's building a digital marketing agency. Like, if you saw his ads that he runs on Facebook to get clients, like, he looks like a little kid. And I, I, I thought that would be a massive hang-up for him, but actually, his, his very youthful energy, I think, attracts people to him, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah, and that was, that was the first um, success story. Now, I had other stories of people, because really, man, I was in such a bad place that one of the things I want to do at some point is, is dedicate my life to helping people who were depressed because I, I was depressed and I was suicidal. I had a gun to my head um, on a couple of occasions and um, I'm, a, I'm a Navy veteran. So I went to the VA and um, you know, they put me through some therapy and it really helped me. But if it wasn't for certain people along the way, I'm going to kill myself a few times in my life. And so I really was looking for people that are so down and out that I could help them. And, um, but what I found is if they're not ready to be helped, there's nothing you can do for them. Cause that guy Waylon came to me. He was like, I'll do anything you say. And he did it. Now, there was another guy I met um, last year. Uh, a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with 10X Growth Con, Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. Um, I met this guy there. Again, screwed situation. Long story short, it was Super Bowl weekend. It's my favorite thing. I love football. I skipped the whole entire Super Bowl weekend and helped him come up with a marketing plan. And he didn't implement, and then he blamed it on me, right? So for every one of those young guys, there's, there's like three others that I've encountered that basically they just won't do the work. You know, I can't, I can't drag you by the hair and make you do it. So that's where it's become frustrating to me because you never know who's legit and who's not, you know, you, you just know that people are suffering and I'd love to help you stop suffering, but you also got to do your part. Yeah. So yeah. without spilling too much of your trade secrets, I want to dive into more specifics of how, like that transformation from like salesperson to digital marketer, because I think a lot of people don't know the difference and there is a huge difference between someone that like goes in a home and can close a deal or whether that's real estate or solar or whatever. And someone that's actually a marketer, right? So what, I guess, tell, tell me a little bit more about your background with sales and then what specific things made you change into a, a digital marketer, if any, or maybe, right. maybe okay. so natural, it just came easy. I don't know. Well, here's why I got into sales to begin with. So when I got out of the Navy, um, I, I did a very specific job. I did advanced signals analysis, which meant I broke codes, right? And the, unless I went to work in Washington, D.C. or work for the FBI in a, in a very, very super niche role, there was no job for me as a civilian. I did have college degrees that I earned while I was in the Navy, but by this point, I'm like in my 30s and I'm starting at the bottom of the corporate ladder. It just wasn't going to work for me. And I needed money to facilitate the lifestyle I wanted. So I ended up selling life insurance. And, and what I did was the very first commission sale I ever made, I was like, oh my God, I can make so much money selling stuff. And it was literally final expense life insurance was the first sale I ever made. Yeah. And I, I think it was a lead I paid 20 bucks for and I made $600 commission in one day. It was paid two days later. I was like, wow, right? Um, so I did that. I, I sold all types of things, man. I sold meat door to door with a guy. I sold solar, I sold flooring, because what I was always doing is I was looking for the thing that I could automate most quickly, make the most possible sales. I just, I just wanted a way so I didn't have to make it so time intensive. Because with um, 
you know, final expense, I was like knocking on doors all the time. It was taking a long time. So I got very good at in-home sales because I just got my butt beat. Like I, I knew nothing about sales. So I just started watching YouTube videos and I, and I literally, I just learned from failure. Like when I would mess it up, I'd think back, you know, what, what went wrong there? And I was like, Oh, I screwed that up. Or I said that, you know? So when I became a digital marketer, I tried to apply the same, the same skills I knew from, you know, in-home sales, but it, it doesn't translate so well because with digital marketing, <laughs> you have to appeal to masses, right? On, on, and in, in-home sales, you have to, you have to mostly, if it's a couple, you have to engage the husband and the wife or whoever their partner is. And you have to, you have to figure out which of those two is the decision maker and guide most of your energy at that person while also not neglecting the other person and, and insulting them, right? With digital marketing, you have to impress everybody, right? You need an audience of, you know, 50, a hundred million people. And you just, your message has to resonate with enough people that some of them opt in, some of them become a lead, some of them filter down and they actually eventually become a sale. So when I first got into sales, I, I was so naive. I thought that a lead meant that they wanted to buy the thing that I had to sell. And the first time that a lead didn't buy, I was like, what the hell is this? You know, I was pissed off. Now I realize in digital marketing, 99 out of a hundred people probably aren't going to want to have what aren't going to want what I have. Right. So I have to be very thick skinned in the, in the people that I work with that haven't been in digital marketing before. They think if I bring them in 200 leads, they're going to make 50 sales. They're not, it, they might make three, right? Yeah. but I try to help them see that digital marketing, at least from my perspective, is all about return on investment. If we can spend $200 in ad spend and bring in $7,000 in, in revenue, that's a really good thing, right? But a lot of people look at this as, well, I brought in 200 leads and only made three sales. Well, those three sales made you seven grand. That's great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, well, let me, like when you're explaining something, I want to like ask you a question because uh, you always get this, like, especially because I come from the door knocking world. There's always these guys that are like, there's got to be a more efficient way to do it but they're just looking for an easy way out. They're not looking for the efficient or the, the, uh, the good way out. They're just, they just want to be lazy. Right. So like a salesperson, then we'll, we'll dive into marketing in a second. For a salesperson, how do you distinguish efficiency because you just want to be efficient and still work hard at the efficiency versus someone just wanting to be lazy because they don't want to do the actual work that's required to get the job done? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can pick those people out because when you, when you show them a better way, like they won't do it, right? Okay. So, Something, something that I did in, um, you know, shameless plug, I, I made a, a solar course recently. And the reason I'm only referencing this is because I do have a module in there about better ways to door knock. And before I put this thing into this course, I went out and tested it because I don't, I don't want to put something out there. And I don't think it works. So it used to be, you knock on the door, you try to set the appointment, you try to get your message out and they slam the door in your face. Right. Mm -hmm. What I found, what I theorized, and then what I found to be true is if you have a prop in your hand, they're much more likely to not slam the door in your face. So what I did was I had this, um, I had 10 giant $100 bills that I bought off Amazon and I laminated them. I'd walk up to the door holding it up high so they didn't think I was like a robber or something. As soon as I opened the door, I'd hand it to them and I would start going into my pitch, right? 100% of them didn't close the door. You know, most of them still said no, but the, the appointment percentage set rate was much higher than if I didn't have it. Wait, wait, I've, I've been in door to door for five, six years. You did, you did what? You, you, you laminated $100 bills? Giant $100 bills, big blue ones, yes. <laughs> and you just like hand it to him? Yeah. Well, I told him, you, I mean, there's a way I'll pay you a thousand dollars cash as a, uh, as a cash rebate. If you go solar, you know, of course there's some stipulations, but here, here you go. So I just hand it to him. Now I had another thing too, where, um, there, there's a service you can get and, and I highly recommend it for everybody in sales, especially in in-home sales. 
you can give out as many vacations as you want. And I mean, and they've, they've really upped their game. You can, you can do European vacations, Hawaii, Vegas, Orlando. And so what I did was I printed out vouchers. So then what I tested the next day was I had two hands up. One hand was the $100 bills. One hand was the vacation voucher. And I would hand them both to them. So while they're trying to figure out what the hell is this all about, I'm telling them my spiel, like what time works better for you, tomorrow at 10 or, or 1, one. while they're still trying to figure this out, right? And then I, then I would have them confirm the appointment. So if I wanted to be a very efficient door knocker, I would just hire a team, give them all props, and you know, knock doors. Here's, here's, where, here's where you can figure out where they're just lazy, right? You can figure out they're lazy because they don't do enough door knocking to figure out that that actually works, right? Okay. They knocked on two doors. Yeah, they, they said they didn't want it. Well, no, dude, I guarantee you, if I walk up to 100 doors with a $100 bill in my hand, at least they're going to hear what the hell am I talking about. Yeah. And that's, that's really where you figure out the difference. Okay, so say, say, let's bring that to marketing as well. Yeah, and I, I probably the same principle, right? Because we were talking about this, and that's there's people out there like, I want the easy way out. Like, I just want a bunch of free leads that are or not free leads, cheap leads that automatically turn into sales. Right. Like, how do you make sure that you, you don't just communicate, yeah, this is a, a efficient way to do this, but also you can't be lazy on the back end. So one of the reasons why I really started moving away from real estate agents is because they, they just weren't following up their leads. Like I was bringing in hundreds, sometimes thousands of leads for people. And they were telling me, yeah, these leads suck. I'm not closing any deals. So like I told you earlier, I would just call their leads for them and, and I would set appointments. And I'm like, you never even called these leads. So the way to, the way to make sure that you, know, you yourself are being accountable and other people you're working with are being accountable is put the lead right in their face, right? Get an accountability system. Like I'm going to put these leads into the CRM and you have to take notes or I'm going to put it into this Google sheet and you take notes. What I do is I use Zapier and I have it so as soon as a lead comes in, they get a text message and I get a text message. We both know that they got a lead, like that moment. So if you tell me in three days that you got 10 leads and they all sucked, I'm going to ask you, did you call your leads? You know, but I don't even do that anymore. Like on calls, I just tell people straight up, look, most people won't call their leads. Will you call your leads? Cause, cause you're not getting, I don't do refunds for you're not calling your leads, right? If I don't bring in the leads that I say I'm going to bring in. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a refund all day. Um, I don't want your money because I failed, but if it's you being lazy, uh, no, you, you just, you just have to admit that you were lazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Now I want to quick transition to, uh, since we started talking about different lead sources and lead generation sources, I want to play a, a little game to kind of just <laughs> test your skills. Okay. okay. Like the cool thing is, is for people that have been at this for a while, it's interesting how like, like for, with a new rep, I'll, if I'm training them, whatever the product, they'll be like, I need to know the product first. And you're like, no, no, you don't like no, not really. you need to know the, the pattern of the cell. And all you need to know is a little bit about the product. Okay. Right. So I, let's, let's pick, I'm going to pick a higher ticket item. Well, let's actually, I'm going to, this is kind of funny because I you got it in the background. Let's <laughs> say you're pitching vintage toys. Like, okay. like you're, is that a, is that power? That's, or, it's Voltron, actually. Ultron. It's Ultron. Yeah. Obviously that, I don't know. Ultron, I actually built him out of Legos. That was, that was cool. I got that for Christmas last year for my kids. Okay. Let's say it's a vintage toy. It's like, it's worth a little bit more, more than just the value of buying the toy. Right. Someone said, Hey, Russ, I need to de generate vintage toy leads. Vintage toy leads. Oh. What would you, how would you do that? Put me on the spot here. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about vintage toys. But look, the, the process is still the same, right? Yeah. So um, I, I do two, I do two um, usually two audiences. I do a broad audience okay. where, I, where I push everybody into this audience, right? I, I would probably take a, 
a demographic, right? So if, if it was Voltron, it would probably be guys my age. I'm 42, right? Huh? So I'd probably do like, you know, 38 to 45, maybe 50 for Voltron. Huh? So, so that would be my control audience. And then I would have another audience that was um, same control audience, only we would niche it down into, you know, things that, things that people were interested in that. And I don't know what Facebook allows for that because they've taken away so much stuff that we're allowed. But let's just say, you know, vintage toys would be more of them, right? Yeah. But the, the key, the key to all ads that you're running, and, and I found this to be everything I've done recently, and, and, you know, this might not apply if you're watching this in six months, is the image has to catch your attention. Because nobody woke up this morning thinking, I'm going to go on Facebook and look for a vintage toy to buy, right? They go to Google for that. So, but if I put a picture of, of my Voltron on there and somebody rolls across and like, Ooh, that's pretty neat. I used to play with that when I was a kid. They might give it a shot, you know? And what, in addition to what I find is that if you, you edit it a bit, so maybe I'll take that Voltron and I turn it into a black and white image. Now it's going to catch their attention better. Or maybe I put an emoji on there, right? Like some, some, some type of, I don't know, angry looking son that's fighting me. You know, it's all, it's all about Facebook ads are all about gaining attention in like two seconds. So you got to gain their attention in like two seconds. You got to get them to click that learn more button. And then once they're on that, that lead form, if that's how you're doing it, you got to get them to submit their information because they want what's on the other side of that lead form bad enough to get it. You know? Love it. I, so I, the reason I really like this and I'm glad you came through with flying colors <laughs> because a lot of people, especially like in the funnel community are like, they're just hacking stuff. Like they're just, they're just copying somebody else's, but it's like, no, no, no. Like go, if you want to rewind this podcast and listen to Russ's response or, or, or watch it, you can see like your mind going and it's cool. Like the first thing you did is like, you didn't focus on the product. You didn't focus on like, how can I sell this product? You focused on who would buy this product. Right. Yeah. That's like really key for people in, in the marketing side of things. Like who would buy this product and then what would get them to buy the product? And that yes. pattern like applies. And I think that's really cool to see that. And just a, a very, like I didn't, like I obviously we talked before this, but did I give you any inclination that I was going to ask you to sell about vintage? No, shows? I honestly thought we were going to talk about fishing boats or something. Cause you mentioned that in the email that you sent me, but it, you know, to, to be fair, the, my mind automatically thinks like this now because I learned this from Frank Kern. Um, if anybody's in marketing, they, they know Frank Kern. I was recently at a, at a Grant Cardone bootcamp and Frank Kern is now his marketing guy. And he was talking about, this was, this was powerful because it's really changed the way I looked at marketing. He said, what if I had a bottle of water, the most disgusting water you've ever seen. It came from Detroit. It had lead in it, right? And it, it, it just looked disgusting. How could you sell this bottle of water for $1,000? I'm like, no way, right? So he goes, okay, let's go out to the Sahara Desert. You just ran a marathon. There's nothing to drink. How much are you paying for this bottle of water, right? And his point was, somebody would pay a thousand dollars for that bottle of water because he, he was trying to point out that you want people who are thirsty, like passionately thirsty. I will pay money for that disgusting thing that passionate to buy your thing. Right? So like if you gave me a vintage Voltron, cause I, as I like Voltron, I would probably, I'd probably pay 300 bucks for it. I don't know how much it's worth. It might only be worth a hundred, but I would pay that much. Right. I would be a good candidate for that ad <laughs> because it brings back good memories from my childhood. You know? Yeah. I love it. And, and so I try to apply that concept to people, right? So when I'm writing ads for, for solar, uh, every single ad you see for solar is, is, you know, get the 30% tax credit, save the environment. Dude, at the end of the day, I realized from all the appointments that I've ran, and I've ran several hundred appointments in person, they don't care about the environment. They don't care about any of these things that we think they care about. All they care about is, is it going to save me money? And will you give me something for doing this? 
So my ads are, yes, it will save you money and I'll prove it. And yes, I will give you something, usually money for doing this. And that's, that's how I, that's how I structure my ads is what can I give you that you want? Love it. Love it. Now I follow you on social media a good bit. And I think that's the funny thing too, is like, we often don't like, we always hear the adage from our parents. Someone's always watching. And nowadays with Facebook, someone always is watching. Yep, yep. Um, so one thing I've noticed you've done, and I, I think a lot of people are, are, should key in on that, is you do do a lot of masterminds. You do travel a lot to these conferences. How has that made a big difference in your own professional development? So to, to be honest with you, the, the things that I learned from the speakers, um, you know, you can usually learn those in courses or you can learn those in YouTube videos. What I, what I find is most marketers say the same stuff. They just say it different ways. But I noticed that if I force myself to, to pay money for something or to, to make an action step, like I, I recently went to Chicago. Um, it was cold and I'm, I'm loving the Florida life here, man. And, and to be honest with you, I had heard everything those speakers had, had said before, but I took like one good, one good idea from each speaker. And I had a friend there that I met and we kind of, we kind of just spent the whole weekend you know, debating on, you know, what would work best. I, I give you an example. So I went there with my friend um, who, who he's, he's an expert in a really, really niche thing, um, merchant cash advance, basically merchant processing. And you can take a portion of loan against that for like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Okay. These are, these are very high, like um, highly, highly needed leads by that community. And he's, he's just the best at it. So we, <laughs> rather than going out and partying in Chicago, he and I went to a, um, we went to a bookstore. And the challenge was, was to go through all the magazines and to see what in the magazines we could take and create a niche out of, like a new niche. So I was like, that, that's what we did on a Friday night, right? Because I, I always said, somebody had asked me before, if you, if you lost everything and you lost all your ideas, where would you start with a new idea? I said, I would go to magazines and I would see what people are paying for in print. Because what people are paying for in print is what they'll pay for on digital as well. So I ended up finding a um, super niche, um, like RV catalog where you could buy like, you know, like really high end RVs with like golden bathtubs or whatever in them. And I was like, I would run ads for this because I could get one client and I could pay my, pay my expenses for like the next six months. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that's what we do. So, so to answer your question, you know, I go to these things because it causes me to be in, in, in thinking and learning mode all the time, right? When I'm here at home, you know, I got my wife here, my daughter here, I have Disney World an hour away. I mean, it, the distractions are endless, you know, so. That's cool. Well, let, and that, I think that's a good segue into what you do. So obviously this has been more than an entertaining podcast. It's good. There's a ton of value in this as well. So like for people out there like, dang, I really like what this guy's saying. I really like his journey. I can relate with that. How do they find you? So yeah, you can, um, you can friend request me on Facebook. Um, this hat that I have on, if you look up Russ Ford, you'll see a picture of me with the Lee King hat on. Um, I'm always looking for, for new friends to network with. You can follow all the cool stuff that I do on my Facebook page, um, the Lee King Russ Ward. And then on my website, the leaking.net, you can also do the leaking.com. Somebody extorted me for that, by the way. Um, when I first got started, someone had the leaking.com and he kept on trying to get me to get, to pay him 10 grand for that. Then finally one day he gave in to me and he sold it to me for 250. So the <laughs> problem is I already have everything branded, the leaking.net. So now it just redirects, right? But he was telling me, people are going to your website, man, and, and I'm getting all your leads and I'm getting all your customers. I'm like, no, you're not, dude. You don't look anything like me. <laughs> but that's what he told me. So those are the, those are the best ways to interact with me. And, and I'll tell you what, um, as you can probably see by my personality and demeanor, man, I am, I'm a fun guy. I like to you know, I like to help people. I like to interact with people. Um, anybody who's trying to help themselves, I'm more than happy to help you too. You know, 
yeah love it so you know because it's I, I like these i could talk for like very very long time because these are so entertaining but i do want to keep them within a certain time frame but what anything else words of wisdom or any like messages you want to say to people that are listening so if you are going to run ads and, and that's the thing you're going to do for whatever your niche is always run the ads from a non-branded page. That was the number one thing in my business where my ads started to convert much better than anything else. So for instance, I'm gonna throw you a nugget here that's it's from my, from my uh, solar course. We don't run ads from pages that are like Russ Ward's solar company, and then we have an ad about that. We run an ad from a, something called maybe the Tampa Penny Saver, and you have a picture of a penny in the, in the profile image, and then you run your ads from that. Or for a real estate agent, we wouldn't run ads from Russ Ward Real Estate Agent, we would run it from people in places of Tampa Bay. What's happening here, the psychology behind this, is that people, when they see it's coming from a company or an individual that they know is a salesman, it's called hide the salesman. I, I don't know if any of you know Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer. Um, I got this idea from him. And, and his number one thing, my number one takeaway I took from Ryan Stuman is always hide the salesman. So anytime you're running an ad, always hide the fact that you or your client is a salesman and it will convert at a much higher rate. Now you can tell them you're a salesman two seconds later. So with what I do is when people opt into a lead form, as soon as they opt into that lead form, we give them a button to start to start a chat bot. And as soon as the chat bot starts, boom, we tell them, hey, I'm Russ Ward, I'm a real estate agent, or hey, I'm Russ Ward, I'm here to sell you solar. Um, we're not trying to be deceptive, we just want people to be more comfortable with opting in. And the first month I ever did that, my lead generation rate went up 30 percent 30 i mean that's that's huge right so if you have 100 leads you're getting 30 more so that's that's the number one takeaway i can tell you i know it's not like the deepest thing you've ever heard in your life but it will help you generate more leads it's those little those little like tricks make a big difference like making sure your targeting isn't everyone in the location it's everyone that lives in this location <laughs> right yeah absolutely that yep. can make hundreds of like thousands of dollars of difference um, so those like little tweaks are are huge and I appreciate that. So to to recap a lot of this call, Russ, I thank you one for being very vulnerable. I think a lot of people will be able to relate, relate with that because the hardest time you're in is when you're in that dark, depressing time and you're wondering like, has anybody else gone through this? And if they have, how did they get out? Yep. You know, and to have like people that are willing to say, Hey, that was me. I was there. Here's here's a path that I came out that path could be good for you too. Let's try it out. Like that in and of itself is worth more money than gold. And to add to that, by the way, it happened very quickly for me. So the day that this whole journey started, and if you guys want to look me up, I have a video out somewhere that, that tells about the whole comeback process. And it's very inspiring if you'd like to watch it. Um, the day I had 80 bucks to my name and I was giving up from that day to the day I made my first $10,000 was less than 90 days. So, and and it, it can really just get out of control. And, and how that happened for me was I just, I just contacted one person who had a good experience. And I said, hey, man, I just, I just got vulnerable, just like and I've been very comfortable doing. Look, I'm really screwed. I did a really good job for you. Could you just tell me one person who might pay me 50 bucks to do this? And he'd be like, yeah. And he, paid, he showed me like four people. So I wasn't making much money in each one, but I was doing massive volume. I just wasn't sleeping, right? And so as time went on, I, could, I kept on increasing my prices. I remember one day I increased my prices to $200. And I was like, hope they pay it, right? Hope they don't want refunds. <laughs> and and I, I still remember, and it, and it just kept on increasing. So the more real you are with people, if you're screwed, say you're screwed, man. Because humans who have a heart want to help people. If somebody comes to me and say, look, I can do this, um, I'm, but I'm screwed. Can you help? Can you pick me instead? Yeah, I'm going to pick you every time, you know? So. Love it. I mean, 
No, I, lo I love that that giving back, and that's one one theme I'm seeing in a in businesses a lot. And I'm very very appreciative of it. It's not just it's not this mushy billy stuff. It's actually just how people like to be treated. You know exactly. Yep. So yep. again, like so, thanks for that. Appreciate it, guys. Check out Russ Ward. I'm looking at the thing right now. Leadking.net. Make sure I get it right. The lead <laughs> Russ Ward on Facebook. And he's, if anything, Russ is very, very good at getting back to you very quickly. So really appreciate it, Russ. Thanks for your time. And it's going to be exciting to see like the next, if this was your last year, what's the next year going to look like? That's going to be really fun. I'll tell you what, too, one last shameless plug. Um, Black Friday is coming up and I'm having my biggest sale that I've ever had since I've done this. I'm taking every single thing that I've learned and putting it into one gigantic package on Black Friday. So if you want to learn solar leads, that's part of it. If you own real estate, that's part of it. But what I've done is I combined it all. So you can literally start your own agency with what I've come up with. So check that out on Black Friday because it's, it's going to be like the, like I'm going to, I'm going to just clone myself and a hundred people. That's my goal. So that's what I want. Cool. Cool. Yep. Appreciate it, Russ. Right. Hey, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you having me come on your podcast. I really appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. And as always, if you found value in this, if there's something that inspired you, please subscribe and share. Thank you.